We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. It's Scott's birthday. Scott, happy birthday. Aaron Judge literally ran through a wall for you as your gift. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, I prefer him to not run through walls and just catch the balls without you know, having to, to impact the wall, but goddamn, was that a great catch? Goddamn, do I appreciate a guy who, uh, who, who goes after the ball for his job, puts his, puts his body on the line, even though when I step back, I don't want Aaron Judge to be hurt or put his body on the line, but I really appreciate it. In the moment, I really appreciate it. And my God, did he, he gave zero, zero Fs about his well-being, about his body. That ball was caught it hit the leather practically at the same time when he hit the wall. It was, it was that close. It was an amazing catch. Yeah. And if it's not for that six inches of concrete at the base that he slammed his toe into, he wouldn't be out of the lineup and potentially going on the IL because he would have just gone through the wall. Like we were talking before we started recording, if that's just a solid padded wall, maybe you've got a shoulder injury or a wrist injury or something. But the fact that he, he hit, he hit it where the fence splits, which is like the best place to hit it so you can just bash through that thing. That was best case scenario for not getting injured on the impact, but unfortunately the stupid concrete at the bottom, so he could have a broken toe. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think if he had a broken toe, we'd know it already. But the uh, th- that that not definitely. Judge, you said, I don't know. I've never had a broken toe. I don't know what it feels like. But the the fact that there's concrete at the bottom of that thing without any kind of padding on there is a little crazy. The uh, that's every wall though. Go look at the go draw, uh, call it pictures of Yankee Stadium. Like the very bottom. The only is there concrete on the very bottom of it, or well, do they the, have padding going all the way down? No, so the the difference in a lot of stadiums is the concrete is not flush with the padding. It's maybe a, a, it's a couple inches back. Yeah, so um, you're not usually going to hit it. But yeah, that when they did the the Sunday night baseball feature, <laughs> Eduardo Perez breaking what a down stupid the break down, down, down the fence in the wall, yeah. and they showed that concrete. I'm like, yeah, how do more guys not get injured on that thing? Yeah, it looked like a lot. Um, but no, man, like that catch was absolutely ridiculous. The the crazy thing about it when they had when they awarded the extra base because he went out of play and and Boone was coming out and like everybody laughing. everybody Boone was like you kidding me yeah but the umpires were doing the same thing they're like I don't know what to tell you it's the rule I I understand that he crashed through the wall but the rule is out of play extra base the award what happened to the discretion of the umpire but the uh, yeah. I think everybody was laughing at that to the point where I was like, yes, I, I, we all understand this is ridiculous, but by the letter of the law, there's uh, the ability to get that extra base. But yeah, it was, it was an insane catch. It really insane catch at a big moment. Yeah. I mean, the, the rule is there if a guy goes tumbling over a fence into, into the stands. So I think that is the coolest catch. Maybe it's not the best catch from a technical standpoint of his career, but there's, you're not going to do many more things more badass on a baseball field than literally running through a wall. No, I mean that's that's the all that's the all time sign of of commitment is running through a wall. Even the proverbial wall that you want to run through after someone gets you fired up, like that's it. Your team guy, you run through a wall, and Aaron Judge did exactly that. Ran through and destroyed a wall. He he destroyed a wall. And it saved the game because if he does not make that catch, you're looking at a run scoring and a runner at least on second base with no outs in, in what would have been then a one-run game. Yeah. So that's that's a potentially game-saving catch in a very cool moment. You just got to hope he's not out. I mean, <clears throat> Boone was talking last night on the, the Sunday night broadcast that they were doing treatment on him all day and just wanted to get him out of the lineup, get him off his feet, and then so yeah. he could have back-to-back days off. It, it so, just, so I feel like if it were a broken toe, you first of all, an X-ray could pick up a broken toe in you know five minutes. So they should even know if it's, if not it's a broken, broken toe. toe. If it's sore, like if he's dealing with a sore toe for a while, like we saw what that did. It crippled DJ LeMahieu last year to the point where he was a shell of himself at the plate. Like if you're not able to, he had a he had a, foot, a torn tendon in his in in his foot. It's different, a bruise I, and a I, torn tendon. Listen, like, I, I understand know, what you're saying. saying like, it's not like a toe is an insignificant injury. If, he, no, if his not. toe is is injured to some degree, that could be a potentially significant injury. Yes, yes. I'm look. I'm I'm glad that the construction of that of that wall and the gate were was 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 exactly where it was because if that thing were solid, if that was a solid wall and he caught that with the impact and oh, speed yeah. that he did broke their wrist, there would be a lot of shoulder, something going on. So the fact that the the wall and the gate gave and and gave him a little bit of a a cradle (laughs) for for a 6'7", 260 pound man, um, I'm, I'm happy about that. The fence caught him. It's like a it's like a wrestling thing, like because he's like stumbling, he like stands yeah. up, he's like, "What the f just happened? Where am I? Like, what is going <laughs> what on?" What asshole threw a table at me? 
Yeah. It was, I, I, that was one of those, like, I saw it happen. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, did, 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 like holy shit. That was yeah. freaking yeah. cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was, a mo- I was watching the game and I was like, Bevan was watching something. Who knows? She was down the, on the couch watching with me, but I was like, man, you gotta, you gotta watch this. This is, this guy's become, literally, he has become must see TV every time he plays, whether it's robbing a, robbing a home run over the fence hitting the home run, hitting line drives, crashing through walls. The guy is unreal. He really is. It's, it's, we're, we're watching, I've, I've said this in the past, but we're watching one of the all-timers in real time, and, and it's pretty special. What is Judge up defensive run save now, uh, guys, if you could pull that up on Fangraphs? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure like the way defensive run saved is like if you're robbing a home run or like doing something like he did the other night, like that's a significant increase to your drs um maybe i'm just misunderstanding it but i would imagine at least in right field because that's where most of his home run robberies and amazing catches although he did rob otani of a home run in playing center field so yeah well but uh more on the injury front like because the re- the reason i say you're you're on injury watch for judge is because even though the roster just you know is getting guys back with with Donaldson and Canley and Stanton over the weekend, you've got Nestor likely going on the IL now. And then if Judge is out, even if he's just day-to-day or out for a week or a short period, you're just like, here we go again, one step forward, one step back with this roster. Yeah, well, you think he's an injury guy, right? So you're just expecting the uh, the the other shoe to drop with, I, with a guy like Judge. I hate it's minus five DRS for Judge. <laughs> yeah, fucking, I don't... Fucking advanced fielding I, metrics. No, and... So, like, last year it was, like, three. So, his in right field, it's negative three. But I didn't even know he played. Yeah, he did play a couple innings of center field this year. But I didn't... His everything, his um, ar- his arm, his uh, good fielding plays, run saved above average. His every... His all the arm like, is stuff below average. Are, 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 yeah, you I, on Ars- are you on Arson Judge's fan graph page? What, what is I must be. So, his outs above average is one. I don't okay. believe that. And his DRS is negative five for all of his outfield and negative three in right field, according to Fangraphs. I don't believe I don't, that for a second. And, and ladies and gentlemen, this is why... Yeah, but defense... Advanced metrics are bullshit. Yeah, really. The defensive ones, it's hard because by all accounts, Judge, eye test-wise, is one of the best right fielders in baseball, and he continues to make stunning plays in the field to save runs. How many home runs has he robbed this year? <laughs> you know, three, and he's got a negative deal. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't yeah. make because any sense. Because in past years, in past years, he's been one of the league leaders in DRS for right field. So that so, ball, that ball that was hit, but that that uh, he and Greg Allen had a miscommunication on the other night. Is that on Judge? Does that go a, a, as a negative against Aaron Judge because of the 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 area the ball landed? You would have to assume, though, that it wouldn't because, I mean, I know, like, it's hard to compare it to an error, but an error, like, if they don't touch the ball, it's not charged. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't, it doesn't no, matter, like, it does. the area, no, I, it does, and how, how, long, how far they have to range, and, unless it, you know, do the nerds know who called it? Them? Do the nerds no. know who called the ball? No, they no, don't believe I, in just, talking. <laughs> <laughs> just communicate telepathically. No, I think what it has to do is it's just where the ball is hit, and, like, mm-hmm. what is okay where that ball was hit how many right fielders get to that ball how many center fielders get to that ball and it could potentially be negative for both the center fielder and the right fielder yeah so 
on um, Baseball Savant, you kind of go deeper into outs above average, which is the StatCast metric. And his success rate is 94%. So what is success rate? So basically, the way I understand it is like um, he has had 40, uh, no, he's had 95. Guys, it's my so he's had, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> my, what, what are we but, doing? Yeah, no, it's, uh, that was actually. If, I had, if I had one, one, one request and one gift. It would be to not. You don't like. You don't like it too much. You don't like advanced stats on judges. On judges trying to verify. This is this is us trying to find one nerd that thinks he's a good outfielder, which is insanity. Yeah, that's really that's, that's what I'm saying. Very weird. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So uh, oh, I wanted to say uh, you'll, you'll laugh at this, Scott, because Kemp's getting to the age where he's going to start playing little league. Um, and the the thing the other night with Judge running through the wall and the umpire's ruling, like, sorry, Boone, like, that's just the rule. Like, I don't know what to do. I took Harrison to the park uh, Saturday morning when there's Little League fields there. Mm-hmm. And he was just running around and there was a Little League game going on. And a ball was hit down the line and there's a tree, a tree that overhangs like kind of into fair territory. So it hit mm-hmm. off the tree and the shortstop made an unbelievable like basket catch, uh, like in oh, left field. Yeah, yeah. It was down left field. Yeah, the shortstop like comes over. He falls down, makes this unbelievable basket catch, and I'm like, "Wow, like awesome play <laughs> off the branch, off the branch." And so the, the the hitting team, the the coach is like screaming, "Like that's a dead ball! That's a dead ball!" And uh, and the the umpires like start like I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. It's not. And he's like, "No, it's supposed to be a dead ball." And then the umpire goes, "It hit a leaf." And then the the ump goes. That's the same thing as hitting a tree. And the umpire goes, no, it's different. And I'm just like, okay, the discretion what is, of what, what it hit on the tree. That? What do you say to that? You got it's parents like, getting all upset. I'm just sitting oh, there I'm trying to chasing my toddler around. I'm like, I am not looking forward to this in a few years. How about someone just, uh, you know, cut that branch? That's you know, what I was thinking. Because it's that, a nice field otherwise. Like, they've, it, it's a pretty nice field. Yeah. Cut that branch. Yeah. If we're doing Little League updates, Kemp went three for three, had some line drives, Ooh. and made an out, which is like a rarity in T ball. Fielded the ball cleanly, ran over the first. <laughs> Making an, what's his outs above average in T ball? What, what are the advanced metrics on the T ballers? Yeah. Uh, and, and fielded it and, and went over the first. And one thing I do, three for three, meaning like he hit the ball three times. He did have a, a one of the first baseman made a nice play uh, on a ball. And Got him out at first base, and visibly, I could tell that he was he was annoyed that he got out, which I really liked. Which means he just he wants he wants to get on base. He does not want to get out. He didn't make a thing. He, I could just visibly see that he was like disappointed that he got out, which I really like. That means that means he's got a little bit of that that fight inside, and I like that. Yeah, now you just got to teach him to run through walls. Now you got to teach him to run through the first baseman. He won't catch it. Uh, well, before we we go deeper into Nestor Cortez's potential IL stint, I want to tell you guys about Oakley. We are brought to you today by Oakley. There is more than meets the eye with our friends. Oakley, I've been wearing their ski goggles for many years. There's no brand that I trust more when I'm on the mountain, but their sunglasses are amazing too. Oakley has established themselves as the sunglasses company made for activities. Scott is indoors wearing his very dark, uh, gigantic shades indoors. So if you want to see that, go to the YouTube and you can see him wearing sunglasses indoors. And since it's his birthday, I'm not going to call him an asshole for it. If you run, golf, train, or just want to uh, look like your favorite athlete, 
You can do that with Oakley because they've got a pair of lenses for everything. On their website, you can select the sport that you're shopping by, baseball, golf, cycling, snow, and surf, and much more. They also have everyday eyewear too. And they have prism lens technology, which they've been working on for decades. This proprietary lens technology will make you say WTF when you see it. The only way I can describe it, and Scott Scott sort of described it the same way, everything pops. Everything's like in high definition when you're looking at that. It's really, really cool. Go to oakley.com for more information about that. And if you want to buy a a pair for yourself, uh, go to oakley.com. And and like I said, shop by any of those those categories. And um, yeah, thank you to Oakley for sponsoring us. They are are going to be with us for, for the next month or so. Nestor, unfortunately, is probably going on the IL. This might explain why once he gets to that sort of 75, 80 pitch point in the game, Getting into the fifth inning, third time through the through the lineup, he's not able to sustain with his location, and he's not able to be as effective. Like you would just think with a shoulder injury or something like that, you're like, oh, the guy's going to lose velocity. But Nestor Cortez is not a velocity guy anyway. But if you're missing location and you don't have the same command because your shoulder is getting tired quicker, that's also going to impact you. Yeah, I wonder if this is the uh, the infamous dead arm, uh, where yeah. you know he he doesn't have the long spring training. He's, he's, you know, jumping back into action and maybe it was too quick. And I don't know, I'm making things up at this point. But if that's the case, little R&R for the guy, uh, I think will will be a very good thing. And a lot of times it does fix it. So it doesn't seem like there's an injury per se, a sore soldier, sure, that's really hard to say, a sore shoulder is, um, yeah, I could be bad. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like that, that's, not what you want from a pitcher, elbow, shoulder, not great to be, to be, but if it's more of like a, you know, a tired arm or, or just general soreness and they're going to give him some rest, then I think that's a smart thing to do at this point. Yeah. But if it was like the classic dead arm, do you think they would specify shoulder? I don't know. I feel like guys have gone on the IL before with just dead arm and you're just like, oh, his arm's tired. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But that's, I mean, it usually is in the shoulder. It's not, yes. it's not, yeah, elbow, if it's a, elbow if is a it's pinpoint an elbow, thing. If it's yeah. an elbow or a forearm, then you're thinking Tommy John surgery. Like Something very different. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, your shoulder is, is the, is the workhorse and it can just get sore. So that, that's why I assume it's something like that. And I hope so. I hope so. Because that, if that's the case, then, then rest truly can, can fix this and, and, and can get him back onto, uh, it's just a matter of how long that rest is going to be needed, uh, for him Boone to be said, right. And, I one don't know where that starts. barometer is. One or two starts, okay, but that's that. So that sounds like uh, a little bit of a phantom IL, honestly. If it's a if it's a starting pitcher and you're saying one or two starts, that means he just needs some rest. There's general fatigue, and they're they're just like, okay, you know what? It's not working. You're not pitching well into that third. Let's just give you some time. We have guys who can do very similar things to what you're doing right now. We need you healthy, and and let's just put you on, and we'll call it a short a, a short shoulder. Well, the thing is, they also said he's having trouble recovering from starts. So I don't know if this is something he was vocal about and the trainers knew about, but maybe the trainers knew about it and they're like, well, nothing's wrong with you. We've done tests like you're you're fine, you're healthy. And yeah, and then at that point, especially when a guy has continued to struggle at the same point in a game. Yeah, at this point, something's got to give. Yeah, you just got to see if rest will help it. And they've already announced, I think, they have not officially announced the IL move, but they've already penciled in Clark Schmidt, I believe, for his start on Tuesday. No, they haven't, Ilya? Yeah, okay. So 
I, I think Clark Schmidt's getting bumped up, which it's not, it's the same number of days where it's normal rest for him because of the off day. And then they'll have to call up somebody for Wednesday, burrito, or, or you know, somebody will get, will get called up. And that's the beauty about having a guy like burrito who's had early season experience. Now, when you, when you, if somebody does go down, um, you know, you have someone in the minor leagues who's done that before. Davey Garcia is another guy who's, who's seemingly, uh, on a, on a clearer path to, uh, to, you know, hopefully a success stint in the, in the majors when he's back. But yeah, they got a little bit of depth now. For the, yeah, the, the Yankees are, are dipping into the, you know, the minors. It's not like the depth is going to come. It, if this injury, it cannot injury, quote unquote. Huh? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, keep going. Nothing. If this injury, and I'm using quotes, if whatever this, if this IL stint happened a month from now, maybe you'd be looking at like Carlos Rodon coming back and and sort Stop of taking it. that spot. Stop, Stop it. it. So what? So who who's coming back first, Rodon or Montes? Because Montes is starting his throwing program, so the race is on now. Damn, he's throwing already. The uh, yeah. I psh, they said late mo- summer for Montes. Late summer. That's what I read. That's very vague. <laughs> When does the summer, summer technically end? Because for my entire life, I thought my birthday was in the summer, but it's not. It's the spring still. <clears throat> so uh, I found this out like three to, years to, ago. To, I realized to it. most people, the summer is Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yeah, but technically, it's like middle of June to middle of September is the summer. Okay, so so we're talking about a September, the summer <laughs> solstice, uh, the summer like the summer, right? Like, and then the summer goes to, to goes to fall like sometime in mid September. So yeah, so September if, we're, 15th, if we're looking at Montas in in like August September, then Rodon better goddamn well be back by then. Late summer to me means late August in baseball terms. If you say yeah. late summer, he's coming back in the month of August at some point. I agree. I or else I, you would say September return. Yeah. Which, they, which, which, which is a clarification of right before the playoffs. <laughs> I heard them say that um, maybe We've it was seen one that of the beat story play out before last year. Yeah, no doubt. I, I heard one of the beat reporters say that if his throwing program goes perfectly based on how long it normally takes, it's the first week of September. With Montas. Without a setback. For Montas. Yeah. So, Carlos Rodon, does that mean Rodon can hitters just throw this week. faster? Maybe he's yeah. going to throw hard. His bullpen's at like 92 93. Wow. I strength it's up. creeping up. What is he normally? I, I don't know. 90. I've never seen him pitch. 96, 97. <laughs> Radon throws 97? I was noticing him in the dugout this uh, during the Dodgers series more than I guess I, I have noticed him. Well, the mustache out. sticks out. For, for whatever reason. And I'm just, I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, you're this guy celebrating things that just happened. Like, how do you, how do you go about that? How do you go about that? You're you're an asshole. Like you haven't done anything yet. You're making not a lot asshole. of money. Yeah, he is. You're making a lot of <laughs> you're making a lot of money. You know, I'm saying in the clubhouse, you you haven't done a damn thing. You you haven't even him, stepped a, on the field yet. It's a it's an awkward position. It's got to be incredibly awkward because if he was on this team last year, he could by all accounts just yeah. celebrate. You've already bonded with your team. But when right. you've never contributed on the field to that new team you signed with, yeah. you almost have to just like sit back and not do it. But then at the same time, you're not doing anything and guys in that clubhouse are like, hey, you're a part of this team. Like, why aren't you celebrating? It's a lose-lose situation. It's a, t- it's a, it's a very awkward uh, teammate situation for, for him. And I don't know what his personality is if it's like, you know, if he's, if he's super outgoing and just like comes in. It doesn't seem like that at all. Um, and the mustache doesn't really give me that vibe. But the, uh, 
but yeah, it's awkward. It's a little awkward. And if, I, if I'm in his head, I'm feeling awkward. Definitely. Definitely. I don't know what I would do in that position. I think it would be hard for me to be celebrating. I, I don't feel like I would... <clears throat> because when you're not contributing to something, it, it's difficult to sort of get that camaraderie of like to truly be happy. Like obviously he wants to win. He wants his team to win. But he was supposed to be a major factor here and he's just been a non-factor. That's got to be almost worse than just if you're struggling. If you're on the field and struggling. Yeah, at least you're out there trying hard. <laughs> at least you're... Which least is exactly what got him on the IL in the first place. Trying too hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I bring all this, this pitching depth up is because there was uh, stories written this past week that MLB execs believe Shane Bieber is going to be moved at the deadline. So back when we were doing the... Uh, the GM plans, Logan and I were trying to figure out something to trade for Bieber. And uh, just nothing made sense as far as like trading the prospects away. Uh, we just didn't think it, it like logically made sense for Cleveland. But at this point, they're desperate for, for offense. I don't know that the Yankees would be in on Bieber, but it, it's interesting to see like he would, if he or, or Giolito gets moved, like there could be some major, major arms moved this summer. Yeah, I, Dylan Cease as well, right? He's um, he he's not had the great year, but but he was top flight. I mean, he's at at, at his best. He's uh he's in that he's in that same category as those guys. So yeah, there's gonna be it's gonna be interesting in how that how that shakes out, especially with the AL Central though. That that's the one thing that gives me pause is that the AL Central is so weak that it it doesn't feel like anybody's ever out of it. And if that's if that's the case, then you know, unless you're those two, especially the the uh, the guardians caught myself. The guardians are known for giving up guys to 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 feed their system, and and they've been very good at it while staying competitive. So and they usually that, trade when they trade away a pitcher. That probably means he's no longer going to be good or as good. <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, if they if they gave up some. Uh, if they gave up Bieber at that point, but he also hasn't having the greatest year either. So you're, no, he's not. He's selling he, but at a, he's at a still. High point. All these guys are still going to have high value. Isn't Giolito going to be? Uh, isn't this his walk year for Giolito? So Giolito is in a different case than Bieber and Cease because of the control that they have. Uh, I mean, the number one prospect or the number one guy in the Yankee system that I think is a candidate to be would to be moved with Peraza. Peraza. He's hitting at AAA again, and like Volpe has been really He's struggling. mashing at AAA. Yeah, so Volpe hit 174 in the month of May, and then entering Sunday, I know he had the huge home run. Like, once again, late and close, this guy has been money. He hit the big home run to give the Yankees insurance on Sunday, but he had a 300 OPS coming into Sunday in his last 42 plate appearances, okay? So he has been a complete non-factor lost at the plate. Volpe, uh, excuse me, Peraza until it, until it counts, until and it then counts. he shows up. Uh, Peraza was hitting 380 in AAA in his last 11 games. Uh, Volpe, you know, he's been asked about it. He said all the right things. He talked about how he struggled at AA too when he first got there. So, like, this is another case of struggling at a new level, which you know we knew it was going to happen. It's a re- it's been a really weird season for Volpe because, like we said, he. Late and close, his numbers are are awesome. So he's had impactful hits, and he has contributed to this team and had literally game-winning hits. Yeah. But he's never at any point gotten on a roll to where he's been 
you know, 11 for 40 or, or 11 for 35 or something where you can sort of say like, oh, his batting average is like good over this stretch or something like that. So it's been, I a think really in the, the beginning of him season. getting into the leadoff spot was he hit a little, a little stretch that, that seemingly we thought was good, so, but, it but then last we looked long. up, but we looked up the numbers and his batting average was still in the low two hundreds over that time. He had some pop and he was getting on base. He was, he was getting walking, on base. If you remember, he was walking his walks, but like he's not walking anymore. Yeah, yeah. Where what's his walk rate over the last month in in May? Actually, is it, his, is it I mean, significantly it, lower as well? Yes, it is. It, May was awful. He had like a five hundred OPS in May, so he wasn't yeah. walking. He wasn't hitting. He he had some home runs. He had he had a couple big home runs. Yeah. That's so it. you know, if for everybody looking at those Parazas, the Parazas stat line in AAA, just remember that if Volpe's in AAA, he's probably putting up numbers very similar to that, if not better. It's the jump into the major league. So yeah, okay, it looks flashy, it looks sexy because there's someone down there putting up gaudy numbers. But again, Triple A major leagues, big difference here. And we've seen Peraza in the majors. It's they're both going to struggle out, out of the gate. And Aaron Judge, fifty percent strikeout clip in his first half season in 2016 when he came up, he was bad. I saw I saw a clip of Judge in 2016. I don't I don't know what it wasn't the the first home run. Like I don't know what this was a clip of. He looks like a completely different human. Like in twenty, yeah. his batting stance is entirely different. Oh, he, his, well, he redid. I know, his I know, I know. He, he did everything. He redid his stride, the way he loads, like everything. You talked to his hitting coach. Like it was fascinating. It's, it's actually you when you when you think about it, it's one of the it's one of the all time uh, changes in 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 a way uh, an approach at the plate for for where he's gotten and where the consistency that he's had since that adjustment that major adjustment between 16 and 17 you could you could look back at at you know the history of baseball and the history of players and identify when a guy changed their swing to i don't know if there's one that's gotten more of a success right. rate once you or get more to the impact. majors you're thinking yeah. like okay you've made it to the majors now just continue to do you and and make some minor tweaks not tear it down and build it back up which is what he did yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's remarkable to to see how how it's happened. And that's the thing. Both of these guys and I'm not comparing Volpe to Judge, but I am. Because both both guys when they get to the next level, they had struggles, like big struggles, and then they rebounded. They made the adjustments. And Volpe's done the same thing. He even made a he was talking uh, to the media saying that, you know, the first couple months of Double A when he got there, he struggled, you know, similar mm-hmm. to to what he's got here. So it, he well, needs the time, and that's where everybody has to be patient with the numbers will catch up to themselves, uh, but he needs the time to do that. And that's why looking at Peraza, like I'm so happy that Peraza is hitting in AAA because what this means is that he very well could get an opportunity to play every day somewhere else and will bring value to this team. That's it. Like That's, bring value that's what to you're the looking team at. on the trade market, though. Yes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The best stretch that Volpe has had so far this year, if we want to condense it, 11 games between April 24th and May 5th, he hit 300, but then we can extend that a little further. 21 games, April 13th to May 5th, he hit 270 with a 784 OPS. And that's kind of, I think, the leadoff, like when he's yeah. in the leadoff mostly, the leadoff mm-hmm. spot. Uh, you compared him to Judge with the just struggling at the new level. I mean, he he keeps getting Jeter comparisons. And they did this again on the on the Fox broadcast. Like uh, Smoltz brought up the fact, like, oh, Jeter. Smoltz is an idiot. Smoltz is an idiot. <laughs> That's okay. Keep going. Sorry, I had to say that. I can't stand him. The way he talked, I feel like he talks to us like. We're oh, children. does he hate the Yankees? Is it no? I don't even care about Yankees? that. I don't even care about the Yankee bias. I he he's he's a condescending prick when he talks. That's it. Okay, keep going. Uh, sorry. Well, he, he, the point, I mean, he was defending Volpe. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, good. See, the, the, now, now you know how I really feel, even when he's on our he side. He was like, if you look at Derek Jeter to this point, it's not that different. And then Derek Jeter became Derek Jeter. Like at this yeah. point, through 61 games, Jeter had a 265 batting average with only two home runs, a 724 OPS, 13 extra base hits, and three stolen bases. To this point in 1996, through 61 games, Volpe. Uh, through about the same number of plate appearances, 235 versus 241, has a 193 batting average. So that's the major difference. The batting average is way down. Jeter had more hits, but he, Volpe has nine home runs, a 631 OPS, 16 extra base hits, so more extra base hits, uh, and 13 stolen bases. So we've known what he's what he's been able to do on the base. Although that's slowed down a lot because when you're not, well, on, not the base been on base, path, you, can't, you can't steal bags, yeah. So Jeter, Jeter was getting more hits. He was getting a lot, you know, singles mostly. And then Jeter in the second half absolutely took off uh, for the Yankees in '96. Won Rookie of the Year, but he won Rookie of the Year for his second half, not because start to finish he was he was amazing. Volpe, I mean, would have to have one hell of a turnaround at this point to win Rookie yeah. of the Year. I don't even know. I don't know where I haven't looked at to see who's who he's in competition with. But with his production numbers now, if he's able to get some of his you know, sure. on base percentages batting like it actually doesn't. Uh, he he could really uh, um, be be right in the thick of things because of the production numbers. Yeah, if his, if he gets his batting average up to the, like the two thirties with a hot second half, and he has twenty home runs or eighteen home runs or something, then yeah, yeah. you're you're in that conversation for sure. But I, I think I don't Jeter know ended the year with him. over a three hundred batting average. I think he ended up in double digits in home runs. So Jeter, Jeter, what can so can you guys look up Jeter's second half numbers in '96? He was. I'm guessing. I bet he hit 330 and probably, you know, with a over 800 OPS. 
complete guess just based on where he finished and where he was about this point in the season. Yep. And it's you unfair are, to uh, compare him to Derek Jeter because of the shortstop situation in New York Yankees and uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, the whole deal. It's um, a, a completely unfair. Yeah, it's completely but at, but unfair. At the, but at the same time, the, the um, man in, in late and close and clutch moments, very Jeter-esque. Yep. Sorry, Logan. No, uh, 350 batting average, 868 wow. OPS in the second half. So he was... Monster. He was monster. And his uh, OPS plus was 128. Nobody knew that. Ster- ster- not ster- one person. I know. I know. That was, person that, was, that was the point of, that was the, point <laughs> yeah, of the comment. You know, because like everyone was juiced out of their brains hitting 9 million foot right. home runs. He hit... Uh, he had... Yeah, he had... Man, baseball was fun back then. <laughs> Actually, uh, looking at the that, that delta between the... When... when steroids seemingly tapered <laughs> off to the 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 gap between the, that OPS plus that's interesting actually to see where where the, the the entire field came back to earth yeah right like that would be a 160 OPS plus today I think 350 and an almost 900 OPS mm-hmm. like that's 150 crazy. 160 if I had to guess yeah no I mean it's a completely different game but like <laughs> is Volpe going to hit 350 with an 860 OPS in the second half probably not but it might <laughs> but uh, it's not impossible. The Yankees are coming back home after their West Coast trip, and game time has you covered for the most affordable tickets this week at Yankee Stadium. I was looking up, and there are two tickets available for Wednesday's game in Section 110, which is lower level, right before the foul pole in right field, for under $50 per ticket. Now, normally, I don't really recommend sitting in that section because I think the 200 level will give you a better vantage point. However, if you can get there for $50, that, that's a really good deal. There's also some really great concessions right around there. City Winery has got some good food right behind that section. So if you want to check that out, use Game Time. The app has a ton of cool features and is easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what sections the best deals are in. It calls out the cheapest options and flash deals and much more so you can make informed purchases. There's also event cancellation protection so you can buy with confidence. Some of the reasons why I like using Game Time is you can get images of your seats before you buy so you know what to expect. It's a super fast buying process. It's two taps and you're done. The tickets are also sent right to your phone so you don't have to go through your email to find them. And you can uh, do this without stress by using Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code BRONX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, that's downloading the app, create an account. Our code BRONX gets you 20 bucks off your first purchase. Thank you to Game Time for sponsoring us today. Uh, before we talk about uh, some of the things from the series that we haven't touched on, anything else from uh, from the news that you want to touch on, Scott? Injuries? Did no. we cover all the injuries? I think so. Need some pitching back. That's the big thing I'm looking at. Severino on on Friday. So I didn't full transparency. I didn't watch the Seattle games. It was too late for me. But it's you know it's Friday night. Yeah, I'm gonna tune in. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. First inning. Boom. I'm right. All right. Guess I'm not watching this game. <laughs> Sending me to bed early, Luis Severino. My immediate thought was, what do the Dodgers know that he's doing? Because when we've seen Severino get crushed like this, it's been against the Red Sox, which had J.D. Martinez in the lineup and had Mookie Betts in the lineup. And, oh, what do you know? Mookie Betts hit a home run off of him. J.D. Martinez hit a home run off of him the other night. Like, my immediate reaction, and maybe it's just the the cynic in me, is like, was he tipping? I hope he was. I hope he was tipping, and that that was the reason. His velocity was down 
Um, and uh, I think that's, that's also a, a factor in here, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I go back to, I go back, I go back to that visit at the mound when, when we were in the stands, when, uh, Severino's outing right. before that. And, um, I'm just hoping that that wasn't actually something that he was able to mask for the, re- for the rest of that start. Um, and, and velocity, uh, gets back up. That's it. I, I don't know if they. I, I don't know. I, it would be very difficult for me Did to say we, that these guys are, are are picking up on something that they had on him, you know, a couple of years ago when they were with the Red Sox. But you know, he 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 pitched. Look, that first inning, he got snake bit. There's no doubt. And then he settled in a little bit more compared to what what he uh, what he looked like in that first. Um, but I think this next start is going to be really important. Wait, did he have a start in between the San Diego start and this one? Did he was not this have the a last? Start? No, this was it. Oh, that just seems like so long ago. No, it was last Saturday, not the Saturday, the Saturday before. Yeah, so I guess it was a week in between Saturday to Friday. What did they say about that mound visit after the game? Because yeah, we were at that game, and I just I kind of glossed over it. Like nothing was said about why they were just like. Just yeah, I, I didn't hear anything that was that was uh, troubling by any means. So, um, but at the same time, it's like you know the guy comes out and and gets gets uh, gets rocked immediately, um, and you know there could be maybe there's a tendency that he has on a particular pitch that these guys that these guys know about and they're looking for, and then and then they they saw. Uh, but at the same time, it's like it could be it could be tendencies in pitches, it could be tendencies with a particular pitch and where he likes to put it. There's a lot of things. They do have a book on him. There's no doubt. Their their book is thicker than other people. So they they've seen him before. And when you see a guy, whether he's tipping or not, you just have more of a comfort level. And obviously, they are comfortable with him. They they both uh, they both hit him. So um, I, I just hope it was a blip on the radar, and, and we're not looking at something that's 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 larger. Because with Severino, as you enjoy talking about the uh, the injury, he's an injury guy. And if there's something there. <laughs> then, then, then uh, it could be way worse than than what we're talking about right now. I was, you don't like this label, do you? Well, so I was stupid me. I was reading some of the Instagram comments. I think from from that clip, and people were like, "Oh, Andrew only wants non injury guys," as if that's a stupid thing to want. They just don't exist. But that wasn't my point. Oh, just find non-injury guys. That see, everyone was just like not understanding my point. You don't also understand what my. That's point a big was. part of your point. That is a big part of your point. My point was, if you have an injury guy on the roster, yeah. How about try something different? You might wind up with another injury guy. I'm right. fully aware of that, but we know Luis Severino is going to get injured. So if you resign him, he will get injured, and you have Carlos Rodon, who also is injured a lot. And you have Nestor Cortez, who, oh, what? He's injured. And you have the rest of the rotation question marks, except Garrett Cole. We should talk about him because he did pitch well. Finally. He did. Until um, until, until, he, he, until he was injured. Correct. <laughs> but so that was my whole point. It's like, yeah, I understand there's a lot of injury guys more, more so than ever. You're probably only going to have injury guys. But maybe try to find a non-injury Every guy. contract in today's world is a massive risk. So, Luis, getting back uh, to the Severino thing, 14 out of the 19 balls put in play against him in that start were 94 miles an hour or above. So immediately right there, that tells me either they knew it was coming or just 
terrible, terrible command and pitch location, which it could have been a combination of both. His velocity was also down, but at the same time, he even said, I should be able to survive at the velocity I was throwing at. Yes. Can he throw 98 miles an hour? Yes, but if he's throwing 94, 95, that's, if, if he's locating it, that's still plenty good enough to get people out. No doubt. And I'm glad he's saying that. Like when I, when I hear that, that's, that's to me uh, sounding like a guy that, that knows he's not always going to have that top flight stuff as far as velocity, uh, but that he should be able to, he should have a, at this point evolved enough as a pitcher to be able to get guys out. And yeah, if you're, but you're, here's the difference, 98 and you're, you're missing, uh, you know, by an inch or two, 94, you're missing by an inch or two is the big difference between a barrel hasn't and Garrett, not barrel. Hasn't Garrett Cole disproven that? Well, no, because he, they're, they're different pitchers. First of all, they're, they're the way that they approach a, a batter is different. Um, but 98, when you are throwing a fastball again, if it's like, if it's 94 on the black, no problem. If it's 94 in the heart of the plate, it's a big problem. It's all about location. If it's 98 in the heart of the plate, it's still a big problem. Yeah. It's all about location. That's the point. All about location. If you can't locate, if you locate a fastball, that's, that's bigger, but you have a much better, if you have a 98 fastball up and a 94 mile an hour fastball up, which one's going to get hit? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It doesn't help, but no matter what. 98, 100, 100. Location is paramount. Yeah. Like, like we've seen Araldus Chapman, even when he was at his best, if he was not in command of his fastball, he, he was still able to get hit. So, um, yeah, I mean, you hope that it was just a, a bad outing for Severino. Or, like you said, if he was tipping, then they can figure that out and fix it. And, like, that's sort of one of those things that you almost are, you breathe a sigh of relief that it's not something more serious than if he if he's injured or something um if he's tipping from something that was that long ago then yeah they need to fix it because clearly it's it's an issue well the issue back in uh when he was with the red sox was when there was a runner on base his hand positioning on his slider was different right. than his hand positioning because when you're in the windup there was you know whatever no no hand positioning when he came to set so that was the issue back then i don't know that that would be the same issue but they could have been looking at tape but the only the tough thing is though he's only this was his third start back so it's like you have two 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 starts of tape that's not enough tape to like find the tip on a guy i don't think no that's why they're going back and just know his tendencies and know what he does and they're looking for old stuff so yeah yeah and the garrett cole thing on saturday was was a little concerning because he was he was dominating he was cruising Mm -hmm. six innings four hits or only a run five strikeouts and then the yankees were up in that game i think it was five to one at the time and I was like, oh, is this one of those situations where they're pulling him sooner than later just to like get a good start under his belt because he had been struggling so much? But he's yeah, not that he's, guy. He's not that guy. You don't you don't you don't handle Garrett Cole with kid gloves. In in that in in that respect. Hmm? What well, <laughs> you still think you that was what it was? No, I think they No, I don't he, no no, I don't I don't think that's what it was. They said he was cramping. I think he probably had Yeah, I know, but, I, but phantom cramp the the no, you definitely don't. He's not going to let you do that. I, I yeah, I agree. Yeah, but they said it was cramping. Did they say what he was? Where was his legs, butt, his stomach? What was like cramp? Usually, like was cramp, he not hydrated enough? That. Like, uh, was it too hot out in Los Angeles? Did he not drink enough water? What's happening here? I don't know. Yeah, did he not so eat the, his banana? He should have eaten. He should have eaten his banana. Yeah, should have eaten his banana. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt them. That's the at the end of the day. Yeah, because Judge saved the freaking game. Well, there you go. Someone had to run through a wall. 
and you're and you're out with cramps. I'm right through walls. <laughs> he was quoted as saying he was drinking water and eating bananas. You kidding me? He actually said that. I didn't know that. <laughs> Garrett Cole is such a dork. Oh, yeah, man, he is. is. Just listen to him talk. Uh, and then Sunday, so we had the pitchers duel. <clears throat> uh, Bobby Miller, that guy looks good, huh? Holy crap! Yeah, they have some. For what the the Dodgers just continue to to flush out young talent over and over and over and over again. Like they're they're they they pay for people. They'll go out on the on the free agent market and and get folks. But my God, do they know how to draft and know how to identify talent? They're good, and that's a problem when you have when you're good at both of those things. He's the number one pitching prospect in their system. Uh, and this is, makes three good outings for him to start his career. I was talking to Jeff uh, from the Dodger Heads podcast. He was telling me about him. But yeah, this kid looks filthy. Um, but uh, yeah, Herman, I mean, Herman matched him. That was the thing. Like, Herman, Herman had a great, great outing. Herman, her, dude, Herman, Herman, uh, you know, get rid of the sticky stuff and all the, all the, all the things that are surrounding him has been one of the most consistent Yankees pitchers in this in, on this team for the last month and a half. He really has. He's been he's been very good. And you know, whether he's had to exit a game because uh he was you know being a little little too liberal with the uh with the rosin, but he's been good. He's been very good. Yeah. Can't take that away from him. He's a, I don't like him, but he's been a good pitcher. Yeah, that's it still. It's like <laughs> I remember in 2019 after he got suspended. We were like, all right, just cut bait with him. And we're still here talking about, still in the rotation. And I would have been totally fine if they had done that. Oh, so, yeah. Even with the success looking at him. Totally yeah. fine. All right. Got the White Sox and the Red Sox. So both colored Sox are coming into town uh, this week. I might be at uh, next Saturday's game. Uh, you going to stay no the whole game? Probably oh, not. No. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Baby's two weeks from today. As we're two talking. weeks. Uh-huh. Man. Couldn't, ha- couldn't happen today on my birthday, huh? Schedule I thought, I thought we were trying to do that. No, it's actually going to be on my birthday, June 19th. Oh, really? The C-section is scheduled for 7.30 in the morning, June 19th. That's crazy. Do you? How do you feel about that? You have to share a birthday with your kid? I don't care. Leanne wanted to switch it. She, wanted, she tried to get the 20th uh, once they scheduled it, and they, there was no openings. <laughs> Man. <laughs> well, you know. I, I really don't care. Everyone's like, oh, do you? I'm like, why would I care? Because you have to share your birthday now. Or, you know who's going to care is your son. Or daughter. Or daughter. Um, yeah. So that's the thing. If they, it, So they'll probably go through this period where it's cool, and then they'll hate it, and then they'll be cool again. Or they'll just hate it for a long time. They, they have to share a birthday with you. You're gonna be well, you're gonna be you're gonna be like humbug the entire time, and they're and they're gonna be celebrating care, it all fired you, up. Do you care about your birthday? No, I don't. So all. neither do I. So like, if if your kid shared a birthday with you, would you care? I would. I would uh, do everything for for my kid on that day. Uh-huh. But I know in yeah. the back of their mind, they're gonna know that it's also not their birthday; it's someone else's birthday, and to share that day. So the thing is, the 18th is Father's who gets the day. dinner. Who gets the dinner? So we're already like, we've had this whole conversation, right? Like the 18th is Father's Day. Uh-huh. So some years, the all three of the things will be the same day. I was born on Father's Day. So once every seven years, it winds up, oh, my birthday's on Father's Day. Yeah. But no matter what going forward, that weekend is always going to be Father's Day, Andrew's birthday, kid's birthday. For the Got rest it. Of so life. you're just celebrating your birthday on Father's Day, basically. 
Basically. You're, so now you're really getting, you're getting completely screwed. Yeah. I don't care. I'm just saying. <laughs> Such is life. It's, it's a birthday. Who yeah, but it's also a Father's Day. You're getting screwed. You're getting screwed twice. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's just going to be lumped into one. And then yeah. it's like the one day where the and then kids should actually be nice on Father's Day. There's right. going, well, it's my birthday too. So yeah, you're, you're, F you're hosed. But would yeah. that be any different if it was the 20th or the 18th or the 15th? No, it's all close. So it all I feel like you just need to, you need to, you need to claim a weekend and you need to put a line in the sand where is it, if it is the same, then you get the following weekend or the weekend before one, you need to, you need to stand up for yourself here. Not, not just for your birthday, but more for father's day, you know, cause that could get robbed from you as well. And in theory, that's a day that you're supposed to be doing, you know, not doing much, which never happens, but yeah, you're getting robbed. So you need to, you need to put a line in the sand. There needs to be an, it needs to be an, a calendar adjustment here in your fa on your family calendar. Maybe I'll take June 5th and I'll just take your day fine we're in different households stand up for yourself let's go <laughs> all right anything else you're already in the that? basement <laughs> yeah i can't go any further down <laughs> i checked this is the lowest that i can go in the house yeah so the kids taking your your room the place where you podcast and now they're taking your birthday <laughs> and father's day <laughs> yeah there's a lot it's a lot it's yeah. a lot you gotta make the adjustment your adjustment's now on you i got a shed out back i might be out there next year <laughs> you got a she shed yeah. The garage is too echoey, so I'll go in the shed. All right. You good? Anything else you want to talk about on your birthday? No. Turn the turn the page. June 6th. Another year. Another year. Another year. Another right. year. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. We'll talk to you again. Uh, when are we talking again? So Monday's off. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So. I don't know. We don't like doing Friday morning episodes. So but it keeps happening. Keeps happening. What happened to Thursday? Is a getaway day. Is it? They're not going anywhere. I know, but Thursday or an off day. Thursday. Thursday is like uh, they're, they're not. They're not respecting the Thursday. I feel like the the in between. Well, this is your compulsion to not to do a podcast and not miss a game. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, but the thing is, if we recorded. Wednesday, or excuse me, Thursday during the day and released it, or even, you know, it's fine. Like most of it's going to, unless relevant. judge runs through a wall, assuming judge doesn't run through a wall or someone doesn't throw a perfect game or something, you know, that, that happened, damn well, they will. Yes. And but we'll then be, we'll we would, be sitting here at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. But, in, yeah. but otherwise we don't do it. We don't add on if it's just a normal, regular six to two ball game, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe the people should tell us what to do. Okay, tell us what to do. We'll do it. Tell us what to do. They're going to be like, record after the game, the entire thing. We won't do that. We're, we're not doing that. All right, we'll talk to we you guys. We will lie and tell you we're doing that, but we won't. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.